G'day and welcome to Brown and Hurley's Big Podcast. Join us as we travel through the history and the culture of this iconic Australian family company. You'll hear from Brown and Hurley people and the customers who are part of this journey. Let's hit the road. G'day everybody, my name's Bruce Barnes, I'm from Brown and Hurley Yatla and today I have the privilege of uh, having a chat with Errol Cosgrove from SRV Road Freight. Welcome Errol. Hey Bruce, how you going mate? Good mate, good. Thank you for coming in today. Over the last five or ten years, anyone that's travelling up and down the uh, the east coast of Australia will see your vehicles running up and down the road with SRV. Mm-hmm. What's SRV stand for? Safety, reliability and value, Bruce. How did you come up with that? Is this a, a marketing oh, well, strategy? Well, yeah, marketing back then, Bruce, because a lot of the... Everyone, um, I looked at it back, what are we now, 23 years in, in business, but I looked back 23 years ago and it was um, I was working for um, a, a company part of ICI, which was Dangerous Goods, and Dangerous Goods was all about safety. So at the end of the day, I thought, well, yeah, the, the general freight or line haul component of the industry didn't really have a safety model and it was going to get there over the years so that's where the name came from out of the safety and and we do preach that safety and uh, reliability part and value for money with the company and, that, and that's still in your your values today yeah, safety reliability and yeah value. mate yeah 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 and that's that's a big thing with our customers because they want to know the the their fatigue and the audits and um and and going back to that safety we just we're probably just one of the first, and I don't know any other transport companies, but um, I'll let the cat out of the bag, you might as well say, but um, we, uh, the QR code that everyone's been dealing with over COVID in the, the last six, eight months um, to get into restaurants and so forth, well, we introduced that to um, Carlton United Brewery on a, um, a level that each driver goes in there and does his QR code and there's a series of uh, probably only half a dozen questions for um, induction into the site. So they took that with um, open arms and it's a good part of ours. So we're introducing that now to another couple of our big clients. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the drivers are inducted every day. Okay, fair enough. You you touched base then on uh, the business. When did it actually start? Yeah, SRV started in 1997, about November 1997. So, um, mate, it's probably been what's it now? That's that's twenty, yeah, twenty three years into yeah. into it. But twenty three years, we've, we've had some good times and bad times. We've seen um, recessions, uh, economy um, with the global um, recession as well. Back in two thousand nine, I think it yeah. was. So yeah, so we've had some um, constant challenges throughout the twenty three years. But all in all, mate, we've yeah. um, yeah, kept going, which is good. Prior to that 23 years, what were you doing? Were you involved oh, with the mate, industry? Or? Yeah, 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 for sure. So I, I think it was a blood thing, probably like the the Brown and the Hurleys, you know. So probably before, well before I was born, the old man and his um, father, they had a, well, his father had a mail run in um, Roma, which went out all to, to all the cattle and regional parts outside Roma during the... Um, the recession back then, including the mail, you, you wouldn't just deliver mail, it was everything, you know, goods, um, 
uh, food and, and, and everything. So dad was a part of the transport, but dad was uh, probably a, um, he was a real hard worker back then too. And um, he was, um, he was, he didn't have a business head on him at that stage or not at all really. He was just a, a worker, yeah, you know, so, um, and I bought my first truck when I was 17. It was a um, eight-ton Mitsubishi. What a body then. truck. Body truck back yeah. then. Yeah, I used to just do deliveries around Sydney. Yeah, what, just like as an owner-driver? Yeah, owner-driver, yeah, yeah. So mum and dad had a contract for delivering the drinks. Yep. Yeah, so I um, went and just uh, got paid as a subby doing that. And then went into, actually I bought uh, Kenworth. Ex um, Bicky Barrel, the Inner One back in those days. Yes, to do some wharf work and, and that around Sydney. That wasn't as a body truck, was no, it? No, no, that was my first prime mover actually. Uh, it had a VT903 in it. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, beautiful truck it was too. So, did you always, before you actually started SRV, did you go from one truck to another truck? Yeah, so when, when we had, um, when I started SRV, I um, started with a, I bought a, a second-hand um, 600 of um, a bloke that everyone would know was uh, Anthony Churchill. He's down at Holbrook now. So I bought uh, that. It had a Series 60 in it. So any of the Cummins listeners, it was, we're 100% Cummins now. So, But <laughs> back then it had a Series 60. And then um, I was towing a, a trailer for a company. And I was still working, actually, at that stage. And then um, I got another ex-Easters truck, actually, and a cab over Kenworth and towed uh, for company with the two trailers, and they end up owing me quite a bit of money. And um, so I went to the bank, and the bank said um, I could have, what was it, 45000 And I thought, oh, geez, it's a bit hard to buy two trailers for 45 grand. <laughs> I bought a tortliner in Melbourne for um, 35k, and I was on the way to pick it up, and I stopped into Sydney at, at um, Vaudry down in, in Sydney, or some, one of the suppliers down there, and they had this old old van, and the van was um, for sale. It was a 41 footer, and um, not a 4.3 one. It was a 4.1. It was. And it was 10 grand. So I grabbed that and I thought, oh, geez, how am I going to make this work? So uh, it, it worked, you know, like um, I used to load up out of here. We used to do Smith's chips and um, a, a toilet paper out of Brisbane. And I always used to throw in 22 pallets. So the forky would load up and then I'd get rid of two pallets over the top. And, and it wasn't only two years later that the head bloke of um, Cubico it was then. Um, rang me up and said, how big's that trailer you got? I said, oh, mate, he said, it's 22 pallets. He said, you sure? I said, Paul, does it fit 22 pallets in it? Have you ever had a complaint? And he said, no. I said, well, it's 22 pallets. So we did that for a long, long time. So, um, yeah, so... Under the SRV banner. <laughs> yes, it was too, yeah. So that, so the, the Kenworth, so it was originally, yeah, so that my first prime mover was Kenworth and the, one of the first ones of SRV was a T600. Yeah. 
and then it just grew from there, Bruce. So h- how long was the business going before you before you b- bought your first new Kenworth? Well, I, we, I was going back through it the other day. So the first new Kenworth was a K104. So that would have been 2000, so three years. So th- three years into the making. So what I did, I, I left my job in those three years. Um, I had a couple of tow operators on so I could get some um, uh, cash in the bank. And um, I, I virtually worked, I just went around and hit Sydney with customers. And our first customers was um, Record Ben Kaiser back then, or Record in Coleman. So they, they produced all their um, um, dishwashing liquids and Mr. Sheen and, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so that, that was, I just built up on that and I was more or less similar to a loading agent, but, you know, it was for SRV. That, so, that was it. So what type of work was that, um, that Kenworth doing, that cab over doing? I had a couple of trucks in it, um, by that stage, in it, uh, main freight actually. And it was doing um, the line haul when Mainfrey bought out, um, ended up buying out uh, K&S line haul division back in those days. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, so, and, and was it a good truck for you? Oh, mate, it's... Unfortunately, we worked out it was about 2017 and burnt to the ground. Had an electrical fire or, or something like that. But, mate, that truck was just a bomb. It was still a memory because that was the first truck that... Um, myself and the old boy picked up from brand new you know and, and drove it up from melbourne so yeah so it was an excellent truck and it was still doing interstate when it it uh, caught on fire as i said you've had a, a number of new truck milestones mm. um as i said you, you've grown the business over the years um 50 50th truck 50th new kenworth yeah 2015 yeah okay. and um nearly hit the it was on the 30th of November it was delivered and then the 150 was delivered the, a day after um, mm. this year so that's yeah that's good yeah so you, what what make and model was that your 50th truck that was just a K200 mate yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a K200 I wasn't sure no it was, yeah just a straight K200 yeah and then as I said that was 2015 mm. in 2017 I believe you hit your 100th new truck yeah, purchase. Yeah, that was one of the legends, actually, T900, which everyone, um, it's an iconic truck, as, even as a legend, but it's, um, it's just got the, the sign writing and the graphics on the side and every our, our followers on our Instagram and um, Facebook page just love that truck. Yeah, it's certainly, yeah. A, certainly a showpiece. Yeah, as I said, yeah. uh, you do a lot of uh, abstract uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well we, not abstract, traditional looking. Yeah, well, paint we jobs wanted to look. Uh, look, I, I work well, and I have had um, Kloss Custom Trucks in Melbourne, and um, uh, JK down there is an actual signwriter by trade. And um, going back through his past, he's uh, he he worked for um, uh, Qantas as a signwriter. He did those um, back in the day. They they had probably about four Indigenous planes that they um, painted up, and it was all hand painted all these big, you know, uh, planes. And um, him and I get together and, and we go through our artwork and that, but I wanted something for the 100 that would replicate or, or, or look at what we do, which is the East Coast. So on that, you'll see the, the Brisbane Eye, the Harbour Bridge, AFL players, cricket players to symbolise 
Melbourne and, and so so that that was a part of that story. Yeah, with it's a, that. Yeah, it's a very distinct looking vehicle. You mm. can you can pick it up anywhere. No wonder the the your followers love it and yeah. uh, I said we love it as well. Um, earlier this week, another milestone, hundred and fiftieth unit. Yeah, hundred and fifty unit. Um, Bruce, I, I've called that a, a K two O four actually. <laughs> another thing we wanted to do, we wanted a, something old school to to probably look like a, a 104 but a, a modern 104 yeah so we um we went through that same again i, I spoke to jk Kloss and went through some designs and see what we could do to trick it up and to do it a bit different so um anyone that hasn't seen it the the headlights surrounding all that part of the fiberglass is all changed and and um usually in a, a k200 the the headlight surrounding part of it the fiberglass bit is like a teardrop and we straightened it off the edge i got the boys to straighten it um the raised headlights were cut and um a flat surface with the square headlights it done k i don't think it's a k104 grill it's i'm pretty sure it was a 108 grill that we put in it it was a lot of a lot of hours went into the work and workmanship of that you know so having the boys down there to do the work at geelong at Kloss, they're just so passionate like myself with trucks so they know what i want they do it and it's done you know yeah. so certainly from the outside it's certainly a striking mm. vehicle because yeah. it said it's a modern vehicle with a traditional looking grill on it so yeah well i had to get approval for this one because i don't usually um get mel to she, she's i don't include her with the truck purchases <laughs> or designs but i thought i'd give her a go on the, the 150 so she chose the paintwork which is a, a metallic black paint um, a metallic chassis, brown chassis, and she did the trim inside, which is a bit different, which has got a brownie crocodile interior. So whoever hops in, it'll probably have to buy a matching um, crocodile Dundee boots. Uh, to, to, to go with, in, to, mate, to mate. Go with the so, truck. Yeah. When you drive across this wide brown land, you'll drive through some of the most magnificent scenery in the world. Between these scenes of beauty are the world's harshest operating conditions for our trucks. So you need a truck that's made here by people who know Aussies and their conditions. Kenworth trucks are designed and manufactured in Australia by Australians for Australia's harsh conditions. Check them out at Brown and Hurley today. When you first started in the industry, was there anyone that you, in particular that you looked up to? Not, not in a whole. There, there was probably, I'll always look up to the old man in the industry as, as a worker and just, you, you know, like the way he drove trucks and so forth. But companies, back, back then there was a lot of companies that being probably late teens that you, you looked at or you'd go around, you'd go down the Hume Highway, mate, you nearly break your neck. Just looking at the trucks, you know, um, just coming towards you and going past, and the old, you know, the freestones back then. And if you if you went to Adelaide, there was um, the Mac Munchers and and you know all those blokes. So you really uh, there wouldn't be one, you know, like um, but yeah, yeah. But as a person, you know, probably um, your dad. Yeah, probably the old boy. You yeah, know, good work ethic. Yeah, just good work ethic. Good work ethic, and you know, any work for some of the big mobs. And mate, a lot, a lot of, like I said, there was a lot of small blokes around then, um, and a lot of you know medium-sized companies. Uh, Lynn Fox, they weren't doing interstate back then, and, yeah. and not nor toll, you know. Yeah. 
over the years, you would have seen a lot of changes within the industry. Oh, shit, yeah, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, too many. <laughs> too many. What, what's the biggest, the biggest hurdle, the biggest <sighs> obstacle that you would have had to... Probably the compliance part, you know, like, like back in the days when even when I was driving and to be honest, everything was full noise, you know, like it's, it's, well, one of the boys said the other day, I said, with the new road open down the Pacific Highway, um, and, and it's only partly, it's probably 90% complete now, and the new tunnel at Penadors Road, they go, oh, no, one of the express boys said to me, he said, oh, we're doing... Um, Wetherill Park to say Richlands in nine, nine and a quarter I think it was, nine and a half and you know with our breaks and so forth well we were doing it at nine and a half, ten back when, <laughs> when the road was terrible <laughs> when the road was terrible <laughs> so but um, you, you wouldn't have a break but yeah so <laughs> it, it was one of those things you know so it, it that so but they cut that back look I, I drove to Melbourne last month took a truck down with a load and brought one back this is the only way I could get back through the border but mate you can't go any faster than 100 now it's yeah. just one of those things and you you know it's changed and probably it, it's is for the better because it, just the cars it's just too many cars and um, trucks on the road, you know, that, that, that fatigue thing, you know, with your compliance, well, we're on what they call advanced fatigue at, in, um, at, the, at work in the, in the company, which we've been on for probably about 10 years now, which is um, more or less a 15-hour book, if you can, but they, they only use it as BFM, but it's flexible. You know, so in saying that too is that you, you couldn't, anyone that's got a standard book now, just even doing Sydney or, or, or Sydney to Melbourne, you, you just couldn't do it anymore, yeah. you know. It's, it's yeah, it's changed for the better, as you oh, said. Oh, it is. is and, it? And, and, you know, even part with that compliance part, with, with the maintenance, the amount, the amount of trucks that we've got now, I was, oh, shit, it's 108, I think, 108 and then 250 trailers. Um, you know, maintenance is a big thing, yeah. and I've always been good with the maintenance part because I always tell the the workshop spend two bucks now instead of two thousand dollars later. You know, so and that's what happens, and you've really got to maintain the vehicles. Yeah. So, so the drivers said, are happy, you know. You, you just said you had a hundred and eight prime movers and two hundred and fifty trailers. Yeah. So what's your 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 core business built up in regards to your your structure, your configuration, what type of trucks do you run? Oh, so the, most of them, they'd be K200s, Bruce, yep. and, and with um, 36 pallet straight deck taut liners. Yep. It's very, been pretty successful for us as a business, actually, because a lot of our customers would want the, the pallet, extra pallets on and the extra um, weight. Those those trailers can carry out to 40 tonne. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the model of our business, because, like, like I said before, 90% of our stuff, um, our um, clients and customers is uh, retail, straight to the shelves, you might as well say, yep. and then building products as well. Yeah, okay. Um, I know, I, I do know you've given plenty of young uh, drivers mm. a start mm. in the industry, not only driving for yourself, but out on the road. And, and yeah. I said, what, what, what bit of information would you give someone if they came to you oh. looking for saying, hey, look, I'm thinking of buying a truck, what would you tell I them? never, look, like I say, I've had, I've had a few of our drivers 
Um, and they're not young blokes. They've gone into their own trucks. Some of them think they're, um, as I say, they're Lindsay Fox as soon as they get a truck and they don't have to work and do that. Some of them are quite the opposite, you know. So I just encourage them, mate, you just... I'll never say, no, don't go for it. But I'll always say that if you're up for risk, take it. Um, Because I'm a genuine risk taker. I don't, yeah, I'll just, I'll take the risk and gamble with it later. Yeah, with those guys, it's one of those things where I think that they, um, they got to think smart instead of working hard, you know. So it's just one of those things that you just got to, we've probably got, Oh, six, six tow operators, I think, now. That we're, working with, we're working with you. Or well, they still still are. They bought yep. some of our fleet trucks in the past yep. and still with us. And probably out of that six, it's probably about yeah, half, half that fleet that think um, that we need to, you know, that they, they'll work their, their ring out, you know? Yeah, excellent. Along the way uh, in your SRV business, mm. what's probably been your best resource that you've, you've drawn on? Would it be your staff? Would it be your equipment? Would it be your facilities? What's well, I'd probably say that the staff and the equipment part, yeah. like you buy a, you buy a product, um, especially a Kenworth product with a, a Cummins, and I just um, actually I was saying some to someone the other day that we used to uh, remember when we used to do the factory tours, go down, and that was probably a couple of years ago. And we used to go into Cummins and we sit in their boardroom. And this is back when the ETRs first came out. And the border and table, and you had probably three blokes, other operators there, whinging about these ETRs. And I'm going, oh, my God, like, who, who are you talking to? Do you talk to the, the main man at Cummins or the shit kicker, as I say, or whatever? Mate, yeah, the, the EGR was a, another phase of the engines with the emissions. And wasn't we, we had it? We had to put up yeah, with it. That wasn't Cummins doing either, was no. it? That was put on them by the the government exactly. and rules and regulations. Yeah. And you know, like yeah, it wasn't probably successful for them, but that was probably the first one that they had to go. I, don't, I think they had a lot of dramas with turbos. But I think, mate, getting back to your question, the suppliers and, and the staff make the business, and, yeah. and I think the truck. If I didn't have reliable trucks and they were breaking down, and you spend it, and, and trailer manufacturers, you just, I'd be up shit creek. Yeah, you know, so. fair enough then. You, you touched there on on your staff. Mm. How many staff do you run in the business? Oh jeez, a lot now. So I won't include the drivers because I think there's about 110 drivers. Yeah, be, oh yeah, probably yeah, 110 drivers. And admin and workshop, there'd have to be at least twenty-five, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. plenty, plenty of headaches there. Can be. They can oh, make mate. or break yeah, you. Yeah. Well, actually, the the drivers are good, no. but um, <laughs> no, we we've had a lot of changes in the last probably twelve months to the better because we you get the stage where you, you grow spurt and yeah, it's all right to look after the customers and buy all these trucks and so forth, but the the admin team or or the you know, we, we run a, I've got an in-house accountant now, you know, so it's one of those things that you had to, you had to do because you're... Because of the size of the business? Yeah, the size of the business, yeah. you know, so you do that. Well, I've got a projects manager now. So, yeah. you know, before you wouldn't have that. So operations, we used to have two people in ops, now there's four. Yeah. You know, so it just, it changes that, 
that um, aspect of things. So that with your growth, well, you've got to change. So over the last 12 months, we, we've had a, that growth spurt. And in saying that too is, you know, that they're more staff and, um, you know, trying to teach the t- our staff a new, new computer system where actually went in in May during COVID. So, yeah, so there's been a lot of changes. So, yeah, it's, it's been good. Okay. It's for the better. And and have you had any any major with the current COVID situation? Mm. Any major obstacles oh, that mate, you've had the, to overcome? Of course, a lot of, a lot of our trucks cut retail stuff. So I think back in um, after the April Easter holidays, well, um, we cut um, kegs to Sydney, and um, of course all the pubs and clubs shut. Well, there's eight B doubles that were sitting in the paddock across the road. So with no work, yeah, no work. So I started to shit myself a little bit, <laughs> but um, after that, honestly, after that, we, we probably had about two weeks of that, and then after that, it just went boom. And to be honest, it hasn't stopped, and Has I it? don't see it stopping until probably April, May. Yeah, I just think Bruce, they, people can't travel overseas. Yeah, you know, so they're going to spend the money in in Australia. In Australia, yeah. So and why lot, not? We've got plenty to see here. <laughs> well, that's it exactly. You know, so I, I don't know whether I'll get out, but yeah, out and about. Yeah. we'll try. Yeah. So Errol, if any of our listeners wanted to get in contact with yourself or, or use any of your services, where would be the best place to to track your oh tra- track hey, you guys uh, down? I still I still answer the Facebook messages <laughs> yeah um get on get on our um instagram site or um uh my wife mel runs that one so she she does that and a, a bit of the facebook um but yeah that's just always want to want to ring call the office and ask for me yeah. it's fine all there, always there mate fantastic there. errol thanks again for coming in today it's oh, been an absolute uh, privilege to uh to chat with you and uh as i said look forward to uh keeping the relationship going for many years yet Thank you, Bruce. See you, bud. Cheers, mate. Before we go, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Subscribing means you won't miss the next episode when it's published. Your feedback is also very welcome, and you can reach out to us on Brown and Hurley Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn pages. You'll also find lots of useful information about us and the products we offer on our website, brownandhurley.com.au. Thanks again for listening to Brown and Hurley's Big Podcast, brought to you by the Big Truck People. This podcast has been produced by the Brisbane Podcasting Centre.